Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. Corey Adjmi is the author of Life and Other Shortcomings, Stories. Corey's award-winning fiction and personal essays have appeared in dozens of publications, including North American Review, Indiana Review, South Dakota Review, HuffPost, Motherwell, and Queller. Life and Other Shortcomings, her collection of short stories, is Corey's first book-length publication and has won an American Fiction Award, a Best Books Award, and IBPA Ben Franklin Award. She currently lives in New York. Welcome, Corey. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss life and other shortcomings stories. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to be here. I'm delighted to talk to you. I feel like I sort of know you having read many of your essays on your website and everything. And I do want to talk about this book, but can we first discuss your becoming a doula and parting traffic on Fifth Avenue to have your daughter give birth despite the traffic. That is a heroic mom story, I have to say. It's a story that it just it, it couldn't have happened any other way. We were totally in gridlock and I was her doula. I, I did become a doula because it was COVID and I wasn't going to be able to go into the hospital room with her unless I did that. And then she, we were just stuck. I was looking around and there was just no way for her to get there. And I could tell by her face that she was really ready to give birth. And when we got, finally, I did get out, block traffic. We started to move and she was nine centimeters when we got there. 
It's un- unbelievable. <laughs> it was an unbelievable story. It really was. I love even the point of your, the larger point you were making in your essay, in addition to telling us this like very amusing story, which is why does someone who goes through a random certification process, not to undermine doulas and all that they do, which is amazing, but why do moms not get equal respect when they've, you know, they've done way more than take read a pamphlet about breastfeeding. They've breastfed themselves for like you, 16 months or something. So why the disparity? Why do you have to prove your worth or why do some people get sanctions when mother's work is sort of not acknowledged with some sort of badge or entree even to an exam room during COVID? Anyway. Yeah. Well, the point was definitely not to put down doulas. I mean, no, I, of course not. Yes. One and we do beautiful work. It was more just to elevate the role of mom. It was yes. like, let's just remember to, to give mom some of the credit that they deserve because often goes, oh, it goes you know, unseen, I think. And do you, are you now a doula? Like, have you helped other people? No, I thought I might, (laughs) I thought I might, but thankfully writing has been going really well and things are, you know, I'm busy. I'm really, really busy and I'm excited about it. Yeah. So your next novel, what's it called? Marriage? The Marriage Box. The Marriage Box. Yes. Yes. And we haven't even talked about this one, but what is that one going to be about? So The Marriage Box is a novel. And it's based on my real life, but it's totally fiction. I did grow up in New Orleans and moved to the Orthodox Syrian Jewish community in Brooklyn when I was 16, having no idea what that community life would be like. I didn't grow up Orthodox, and I didn't even know anything about my Sephardic background. So it was culture shock. And so I think the book started out as like a way to kind of dig into some of the trauma, but it took me a really long time to write it because I wanted to write it from a very respectful place and I needed enough distance from it to be able to write it with a little bit of humor. But it is about a young girl coming from New Orleans to this community in Brooklyn and getting married at 18, which is part of the tradition of the community. I feel like you must have gotten married at 18 because you have five children and you are a grandmother and I feel like we're the same age. So I don't know how you must have started very early. I, I, I swore I wouldn't get married at 18, but I did. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like ludicrous to say today. It just seems so ridiculous, but. And I you're still, of- and you're still married to the same man. Yeah. Good for you. That's I amazing. write about it a lot. I write about marriage a lot. I mean, yeah. it's not easy always, you know, we have our good moments, but I write about it a lot. It's a commitment. In your first essay in Life and Other Shortcomings, not essay, sorry, story, it's all about that. It's all about long-term marriages and what do you sort of sacrifice of yourself and what do you hide and what do you share and how do you navigate when the person you're doing, I loved how you said they were like these little jabs, right? Like these tiny little things that make you bristle. And maybe it's once a day, twice a day, but over time, they just accumulate until you have hundreds of these little, just tiny little things and how that can wear you down too. So tell me a little more about this story. Well, you know, it's so funny because sometimes people will be like, oh, you're so honest. Like, I can't believe you wrote that. And I'm always like, I know I'm not the only one who's experienced this. I know people know what I'm talking about. So it doesn't feel like I'm revealing anything out of the ordinary. I'm sure some people jab their spouse more than others. And that story was a way to like examine that and look at that and the, and the damage it can cause 
and to have people just see themselves, you know, and, and to pay attention because sometimes people take their relationships for granted, you know, and they don't realize that they need to really cherish the relationship if they want it to last. What do you think about the idea that you threw out in the story, which of course I've heard before of this, like, do we re-up the marriage contract on a more regular basis? Like, should this be an expiring offer, so to speak, or should we go five years and then say like, hey, is this working for both of us? Should we keep going versus committing our entire lives now that we live till almost 100 years old and we used to, as a human species or whatever, obviously die much younger. So what do you think? You think that would be good or bad? I've thought of everything. (laughs) (laughs) Over all these years, I've had every thought you could possibly have, but pretty much we've stuck to the traditional model so far. (laughs) You also wrote in such a funny way about sort of body image and poking fun at the women ordering, which of course we've all like either been or eaten with or been at certain times, the person who is ordering everything on the side or, you know, being the one to really give the waitress or waiter a hard time and poking fun at sort of that person who I feel is particularly prevalent, although now I like never go out to dinner anymore, but back in the day, (laughs) pre-COVID was, you know, rampant. Tell me about that character. It's very New York to me, too, like to even have that luxury, you know, and that, you know, maybe in other places now you can do that a little bit more. But it took other cities a little time to catch up, like to because uh, the story takes place in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the time, I think New York was just a little bit more ahead in, in the way that you could go into a restaurant and be so particular and order things on the side and not have onions and garlic or whatever you don't like. And in other cities, maybe you couldn't do that as much. Today, maybe you can. But it was just a, another way to, like, New York's kind of a character in the book, too. So it was a little, you know, way to show the city and and how it operates and, and what goes on there. And that was that thought. And this book is presented as a series of linked stories. Why did you choose that form versus one narrative or keeping, yeah, keeping one character's journey sort of throughout and why this format? Each story was originally a standalone piece that was written on its own. I wrote one short story and I just thought, let me see if I can get it published. And then when I did, I was like, is that just a lucky break? Will I be able to do it again? And I I tried one story at a time for a while. And at some point I said, I think I'll try a novel, which turned out to be a whole different process and and much more difficult for me. But once I wrote, you know, a lot of short stories and and I was getting them published, I thought that the characters in the stories might know each other and the themes were familiar and similar. So I thought I could put these in a book. I could make this a collection. And then the the characters would have like a longer arc. You'd get to see them in other stories. And so even though it's a collection, it, you get a longer arc and it feels novel-like a little bit. I always, at, at the time I was reading Olive Kitteridge by Elizabeth mm-hmm. Strout and uh, A Visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan. And I think those books were really um, inspiring to me just because they're told in stories. That's so funny because this is, I've done three podcasts today and two out of the three now have mentioned Olive Kittredge by Elizabeth Strout. Wow. Funny, right? It's like yeah. Elizabeth Strout day for me. I don't know. Yeah. 
have to pull that one down. <laughs> Dig back in. <laughs> Speaking of reading, what what are you reading now? Like, what types of book do you generally like to read? Oh, I have been reading a, a little bit of everything, a little bit of nonfiction. I just bought the great, um, why can't I think, the short stories collection from 2017 because I was trying to get the kindest, the short story that has been talked about a lot. It was in the New York Times article about who's the bad art friend. And yes. I was really following that story. I've read like every essay on it. I just was totally fascinated. So it wasn't, I have every one of those books like every year, except for 2017 for some reason was missing. So I had to go order that one. I just bought Clara and the Sun. Mm-hmm. I just finished, actually, I have like 60 pages left of a book by Rochelle Weinstein. This is not how this ends. She mm-hmm. gave me a blurb book. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. I love um, Rochelle. Yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome. I really like that book. Yep. Yep. I have like 60 pages left and I'm really enjoying it. Wow. That's exciting. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So how did you... Tell me about raising five kids and when the writing got done. When, like, did you... Like, you're publishing now. What was life like before? I know you've always been doing essays, but, like, tell me a little more about the writing journey from 18 when you got married Oh, well there, well, there wasn't one originally. I was an art major, then I went into education. I was a teacher for a while. And when I was doing my graduate work, I took classes on storytelling. And when I grad, I did my thesis on the power of storytelling and the study of a family and the Syrian Jewish community in Brooklyn. And I was so fascinated by the stories, not only the listening to the stories, but then the telling of the transcribing them and analyzing them and learning from them. And then also I was using the stories in my classroom and just seeing how you can learn about your students through stories. I just was fascinated with stories. So when I had my youngest, I was home nursing and I took a class at Gotham Writers kind of for fun. I was in my like mid to late thirties, mid thirties when she was born. 
So I took a class on fiction just kind of for fun. And, you know, and I, I like to do this. I like to give a shout out to teachers because my teacher took me to the side and said, like, you have talent. You should do something. And I, I don't, I would have never known. I would have never pursued writing. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't something I thought about. It wasn't ever something I could actually do. And her saying that to me really was the pivotal moment. And she said, you should go to Breadloaf, which I had never heard of. It's a really prestigious workshop conference. And I applied and I got in and submitted my first short story. It got published. And it was really like that, like one story at a time, slowly just, you know, transitioning from teacher stay home mom, getting one story published, you know, starting a novel and starting a blog and writing some of those essays that you read. And it's just been one day at a time. Wow. And, and, and really a lot of perseverance, a lot. And then you wrote about the marketing side, like having to put your marketing hat on when you're dealing with books, which I'm familiar with. And, you know, you tried a new collaborative technique to market your book. Talk about that. I used my daughter. <laughs> free waiver. <laughs> <labor. laughs> oh, no. I had to pay her. <laughs> oh, okay. Not free. <laughs> no. It was right when COVID hit. And so she was home bored. And it, my book came out. I got my ARCs, my advanced reader copies in March of 2020. I mean, literally, it was the week when we weren't supposed to be touching boxes that arrived. So my boxes of books were like in the hallway. We had to like wait till like we were gloved up and ready to go get them. And it was really the height of everything. And then I didn't market for like, I didn't even say anything for probably at least two months. I waited till May because, I mean, I just, I couldn't think about talking about a book at that point. People were scared and it just wasn't the time. But anyway, my daughter was home and bored and I was, you know, trying to gear up to getting this book out to the world. And she's great on Instagram. So I said, you know, do you want to work together? And so we worked together and we created some really fun content. And it just made it a lot easier. First of all, she was like, you know, putting it together and pushing, you know, post or whatever. I didn't have to do that part. And when I'd feel a little hesitant about putting something out there, she was really great in saying, no, you can do this, mom. And it was a great, great experience working together. That's so nice. Yeah. One summer I tried to pay my son who, I don't know, this was a couple of years ago to like organize all the t-shirts I'd ordered and like to just try to start this online <laughs> swag store for moms that have time to read books and like no one bought anything. And he was like, uh, mom, you know, I don't think anybody wants your t-shirts. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> but it was really fun when like what you're worried about and concerned about and focused on is the same as your kids. Right? It takes your relationship to a different place where there's something and they get it. And then like they get it from now on, right? Like, you can refer back to that moment and, you know, oh, what do you think? Should I start selling candles? Oh, mom, I don't know. Remember two years ago? So. Yep. And we, like you said, we shared parts of our lives that we probably wouldn't have shared. She ended up getting really involved in what I was doing and where, you know, what my plans were and where she might not have if we didn't have that. So yeah, that was a next. Wow. And now you're already focusing on your August 2022 book. Yeah. So that's exciting. <laughs> exciting. This, this one I've been working on for a long time. This is really going to be, I'm still editing. I'm working on my copy edits. And I'm like, 
I can't believe there's going to be a time in my life where I'm not reworking this book. Yeah. I've been working it and reworking it for a lot of years. <laughs> I think I got it now. I think it's, I, I'm really happy with how it came out. Like Aww. really, really worth the work. That's so great. That's great to hear. Do you have any new marketing plans for this one? I got a little better at Instagram myself. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I do it myself sometimes now, but maybe when that time comes and I have to do it a little bit more for a couple of months, maybe she'll want to help me out again. We'll see. It went well. So let's <laughs> try it again. Do you have more essays or books or stories that you're like itching to get going on now? Yeah, I have another novel kind of done. Done. So, wow. That's yeah. impressive. Well, what I, I wrote for a lot of years before I even tried to get anything published. So, mm-hmm. which worked out really great. Cause I can't even imagine trying to like do talk. I mean, I can't get over what you do, but <laughs> I can't imagine doing all the speaking I've been doing and marketing and all the stuff and trying to write something new. I just, my, you know, I can do like edits and I can do short pieces, but to be trying to write another novel now seems like it would be really hard. So I'm happy. I'm happy with how it worked out. A lot of people, I think, would have a hard time waiting so long to get recognition. But you didn't. To be published. No. I mean, you know, (laughs) I went back and forth. It's a joke. I am not writing a novel, by the way. So I also think it would be very hard to be writing a novel and promoting. You know, a lot of authors say guiltily, like, oh, well, you know, I'm not really writing anything because I'm focused on this promotion. And it's like, well, yeah, I get it. That's like a totally different job. Like you basically have to stop writing and be a full-time marketer for at least a month, maybe. Like I think every author should like clear their calendar around a month. Not that they will, but because there's just so much that goes on that you don't even, anyway. But yeah, there's a lot required and it's just so hard to stand out. This is like, anyway, I could go on on this for a while. (laughs) And what about your other kids? Are they invested in your career and do they read your books? And what's that been like for you? Yeah, they they read Life and Other Shortcomings, and they're really excited about The Marriage Box because they know it's based on my life, even though it's, I mean, all the details are made up. It's totally fiction, but that the premise is based on my life. Yeah, they're excited. They're really great cheerleaders. They all have like their different thing that they'll do for me. You know, my son-in-law sent me an email last night saying, here are like 184 different boxes you could use to put your book in to send to people. Oh, so, like... Just random things they'll do for me. So you know, what? you should you should talk to Christina Geist. Runs a, she's a children's book author, best-selling children's book author, and she's also uh, like a marketing guru and runs a company called Boombox, and they oh. make these customized, beautiful boxes, and they have this way of easily having people collaborate on a box, right? So. If it's someone's birthday, getting 27 people to like put in a quote and then they print it and make it look pretty and then put it in the box and make it a package. But that mm-hmm. could be an interesting box for you because you could customize it with like some of the quotes from your book. I don't know. I'll check it out. Definitely. Yeah. I'll check it out. I could put the two of you in touch or it's called Boombox Gifts. Boombox Gifts. But I don't know. Just a thought. <laughs> Thank you. So what advice would you have for aspiring authors? I never give up. If you want to do it, if that's your dream, do not give up. You keep two things, I would say. You have to always work on your craft. You got to just make it as good as you can make it and don't give up. 
Yeah. Yeah. You just can't give up. There are a lot of, there's a lot of rejection involved. There is so much competition. So many people want to be writers. So many, you just tell your best story and don't give up and get it out there. Love that. Amazing. Well, Corey, thank you so much. It's been so nice to chat about your book and all these great stories. You're a really great writer and I'm glad that you're getting your stuff out into the world better late than never type of thing. You know, it's really awesome and inspiring. It's just really inspiring. Thank you, Zibby. This was so nice. I I do feel like we're like neighbors. We're so close. And that's crazy. I know. I can't believe it. Well, I'm sure I'll like walk out the door in five minutes and bump into you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll have to do that intentionally very soon. (laughs) Lovely. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. And congratulations. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.